Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patent process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So... Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dan Moyle, and I am on stage today with yet another agency rock star. And this rock star is going to blow you away. I'm so excited to introduce Samuel Timothy. First of all, Samuel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dan. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So when I was doing my research on you, Sam, I found that you run an agency. You're the chief growth officer, which I love that term, that that title, by the way, for one IMS B2B agency uh, out of Chicago. Is that right? Correct. And then you also have a, a software platform called ClickX. And as if you didn't have enough to do with those two, you're actually hosting your own show called Coffee with Closers. Some great content, by the way. So Sam, you are a rock star. Uh, tell me a little bit about getting into the agency world and and how did you end up running an agency? Let's start there. Yeah, great question. Well, I happen to uh, I happen to have a great brother. His name is Solomon Timothy. So uh, he's the other half of the dynamic duo most people refer to us as. Right on. Uh, so yes, we jumped into this uh, 15 years ago, 2006, uh, right before the economy started crashing in the 2008, 78 uh, timeframe. Yeah. Didn't even realize how naive of an idea it was to start an agency at the time. So, uh, yeah, right out of college, started this company. And and so, did like, how did the the software platform come into play in that? Then did you just all of a sudden like was it during that time you thought we got to we got to diversify or how did that not, come about? Not exactly. So when we started the agency business, we were a creative shop doing website design, branding, uh, print design, all those different things like that. And then gradually we expanded our service into uh, well, actually, it was we stumbled across online marketing because we would design a beautiful website and then clients would say, well, great that you did a great website for us, but it's not producing any sort of ROI. So I'm not quite sure if this is supposed to be producing any revenue for us. So then we realized we have to expand our service and probably start uh, improving uh, how they go to market by providing online marketing services. So we started doing that. And then gradually they would say, well, I know I've seen some uptick in calls and inquiries, but I can I can't verify it's what you're doing. Uh, it's what you're doing is right. And then we said, well, we have to figure out a way to prove that what we're doing is working. Uh, so essentially, what ended up happening is we started patching up so, so many third-party platforms, call tracking. You know, uh, you can imagine all sorts of third-party tools, and we would start patching it up together to provide some sort of a report to verify that what we're doing was working. Because at the end of the day, we wanted to prove ourselves to retain these clients. Um, and then later on, we found out, man, we were just pulling our legs, you know, call tracking, you know, clicks, visits, all sorts of stuff. Had so many inter- integrations, then things were breaking. So we said, man, we probably need to just spend our time just building it. So we built this as an internal reporting tool for our clients. Then we realized that this is a problem across all agencies in the world, and that we can actually package it up and white label it and offer it to other agencies. So ended up building a software. Uh, that way. So it wasn't like we woke up one day and said, we're going to build a software. 
Yeah. It's interesting how uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? That is true. <laughs> and then you, and then, and then you also have your show coffee with closers. So I brought my coffee so we could have some, some coffee. Today. <laughs> um, what, what drove you to do that then as well? How, why do you want to speak to business leaders in the world? Well, I, we believe in content marketing and we also wanted to uh, leverage this platform to create content. And at the end of the day, no one wants the talking head always on camera, just talking at them. And yeah. what better way to actually have quality and engaging content than to bring experts who are in the field, building companies, growing companies, scaling companies, and then p- picking their brains on what they learned in the process of building a company, uh, what lessons they have for their entrepreneurs and what advice do they have for in terms of raising capital or uh, you know, self-funding it or even just using organic growth as a means to drive growth. So all sorts of stuff like that I'm learning personally, I am being enriched just by having these people join me on the show. And then also, I believe uh, that I'm creating a ton of content for others who are just hungry for knowledge. Uh, Because at the end of the day, there's sometimes I wonder, like, there's nothing new under the sun. But at the same time, you know, you got to hear from somebody that you can relate to to really uh, get it to yourself and say, well, that makes sense. And I need to go apply that. Yeah. And what other way can you ask someone to spend an hour with you or a half hour with you to just tell you their secrets? Make a show. So (laughs) That is exactly right. That is exactly right. That's awesome, Sam. So how, so if we think about one IMS, how have you scaled and grown over the years? What's your secret? Well, I mean, it, it, uh, usually, as you can imagine, the good, if you do a great job, right, customers would refer you to their friends and family. That kind of how the natural growth happened. And over time, we had to drink, drink our own Kool-Aid and start expanding our reach online by investing into our own marketing. So I would say the early days were mostly referrals uh, by just doing a great job. We were getting uh, customers and then just continuing to service those clients that expanded our look at business. And then gradually there comes a point, you know, you kind of have to scale up a little bit more. And that's where investing into marketing and sales team really is an important part. And as you're investing in that team, I mean, is there, is there a, I want to say like an industry secret, you know, but is there something that you've done in I, one IMS to really build those sales and marketing teams with the, the, you know, cream of the crop out of the entire industry? Well, we usually bring on, you know, talented resources to help our clients. And then gradually uh, we'll find one or two team members that are extremely talented at their craft and we are little selfish. And then we move them over to uh, obviously working on our own marketing and sales efforts. So that's what we've done. Uh, and that's just how the natural growth have happened for our our team. Yeah, very cool. So Samuel, let's uh, let's dive into some client talk a little bit. I'd love to hear some wins. What's one of your favorite stories that highlights um, a specific way that you've been able to serve your clients that you work with at One IMS? Yeah, so something that we often tell our clients is we help our customers go from obscurity to market dominance. So there's a lot of companies that we work with uh, that are very traditional organizations that never. Uh, adapted online marketing or digital marketing. Uh, they never embraced this whole concept. And as you can imagine, during 2020, we've seen that people who weren't really on that boat really had to quickly jump on it and realize, man, we should have started on this way before. So <laughs> right. uh, some of the success stories that I would say is, you know, uh, one example is a, a company that manufactures uh, industrial flooring solutions. Um, they were a very small, org- when I say small, probably about 15 to $20 million in revenue a privately held company, nothing you know big in their in their industry. There's a lot of giants in that space. If you can imagine industrial flooring and flooring as a general uh, industry, I mean, 15 million is like peanuts. Um, whereas this company was a small organization, but we've done a great job in building awareness about this brand, 
driving a ton of quality traffic and then generating a lot of buzz about them and also driving a lot of quality leads for that organization. They actually pivoted, uh, started feeding leads to the local contractors and then giving them the leads and then demanding them to do business with them and expanded their business rapidly. All of a sudden, giants started to pay attention and finally a much larger organization gave them a pretty lump sum and then acquired them. Um, mm. So taking them from obscurity to market dominance, we've done that countless time and we've seen acquisitions have to happen after uh, one after the other for our clients. Seeing that sort of growth is incredible because then that really makes your job uh, much more rewarding because you're actually helping these organizations grow and do so at a, at a way that they couldn't have done before. You know, the, whatever they were doing, traditional trade shows and exhibits and cold calls and things that they were doing really wasn't getting them to where they wanted to get to before. Yeah. And interesting that you're, you're talking about a few different things here. I hear you say some, some phrases or some key, some things that bring up keywords in my mind. You've got, you know, branding and awareness, you've got mm -hmm. some lead gen going on in conversions and then some demand gen. They all mm -hmm. seem separate, but it sounds like at one, one IMS, you and your team are making them work holistically together. What's the secret to that? So basically, if you think about it, you know, and, you know, we, we kind of talk about this growth formula, acquisition plus retention equals growth, right? So on the acquisition side, you know, if you think about it, if it's an established market, there's enough demand for a product, then all you have to figure out is how do we capture the existing demand by focusing on bottom of funnel search queries, right? Just making sure that you're showing up for the right terms, whether through Google ads or through organic search, you're capturing all of that demand. But if you're in a, a new market or you're creating a completely new category or trying to establish a market uh, market itself, then you have to go create the demand uh, for your product or service, which means you're you're just trying to create brand awareness for your, for your brand in the first place. Also the mar market awareness for your product or service that you have. So those two things working together helps in the acquisition side of the business. Then on the retention side is once you do generate these contacts and leads, how are you going to nurture them for the long term? And then ultimately, how are you going to turn these customers into repeat customers or even uh, continue to uh, actually, you know, talk about you and and tell the world about your, you know, their experience of working with you? So that's how we're able to help the entire buyer journey from everything from the very get go all the way down to these customers are continuing to refer business to our, our clients. Gotcha. And it really is a growth mindset. That sounds like that you're working on. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool, Sam. Um, so let's, let's dive a little bit into um, who those, those wins are. What kind of clients work best for one IMS and, and why is that? Yeah. So we've kind of gradually, as you, as I've explained, right in the beginning days, you, anybody that was willing to pay you, you were just happy to jump on the jump on that and just say, yeah, yeah, we'll help you. Right. So that's how we, you know, in the early days, we we're doing website design, graphic design, branding, you name it, we were able to do it. But if you look at our website today, our navigation is a lot slimmer. We have very few things that we do and we do it very well. Right. And we have amazing customer testimonials of customers that work with us. So as far as our ideal customer profile is, is usually typical of B2B companies in technology and manufacturing sector is where our majority of our customers fall into. Gotcha. Why, why B2B and not B2C? Curious. Well, I think uh, as, as you start to scale, you realize the, the weakness of being everything to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize, you know, B2B and B2C both have their own complications and, uh, and uh, advantages. Um, B2B, the benefit is, you know, the end customers, they already know who their buyers are. They could even identify them by persona, title, 
name and where they work and job titles, all those things. It, it's actually in, in some sense a little bit easier to target and market to those B2B than a B2C. Uh, and B2C obviously takes a lot bigger budget and a lot bigger initiatives to even make the needles move in some instances. Um, so yeah, we just naturally gravitated toward the B2B sector and we saw a lot of great success in that space. And, and even with the the push of like the gray space between B2B and B2C, you know, uh, Dharmesh Shah calls it the H to H, human to human. It sounds like that. I mean, there really is a differentiating factor between marketing to businesses and marketing to consumers. And that's where you found your niche, huh? That is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the we, we had the good stuff. We find out who it is that you like to work with. Let's talk a little bit about the other side of the, the good coin. What are some pain points that you're seeing in with your clients right now in, in 2021? Well, I think the, you know, the, the biggest shift we're seeing is, you know, customers who are still uh, kind of adopting uh, the, the digital, uh, digital uh, first mentality, but, also, but they're not fully committed to it, right? And they're, they want to experiment with, let's just try with LinkedIn ads, or let's just try with a Facebook ad and see how that goes. And let's try with Google ads. But the, the problem that we're seeing in that is, you know, digital marketing is a multi-touch strategy. It's not just, oh, let's try Facebook ad and see how many leads we get before we go scale and test with the, the LinkedIn. It's about, you know, identifying your buyers, uh, find out where they congregate for information, create quality content to reach them, promote the content to get as many eyeballs to see it, and then leverage that content to get them to come to you and inquire about your product or service. It's not about LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or any of those platforms. It's really about knowing your persona, what their pain points are, how do you solve that pain point and help them solve that problem and providing as much value before you ever ask for something from them. So I think it is that is where I see a lot of companies get super caught up in or less experiment with one platform and see how it works before we, you know, jump into this digital, uh, digital strategy. Um, that mindset, I think, has to change. Uh, and then optimizing specifically for conversions. So a lot of times in, you know, when you're trying to build a brand, like we mentioned earlier, brand building is not something you can me- measure ROI and pinpoint exactly how much you return on investment you got from building a strong brand. The equity that you were building, like I said earlier, you know, going from obscurity to market dominance, you may not see the value of that brand presence until you're probably ready to exit or you're, until you realize how much of the market share you're starting to capture because people are starting to talk about you, recognize you as a company that's trustworthy and they can count on you, right? So a lot of these things that we're talking about, you know, is going to take time and not necessarily always focus on conversion and being able to pinpoint how many leads we've gotten from our LinkedIn ads or our Google ads, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Sam, you're, you're a chief, chief growth officer, mm-hmm. which uh, in my little mind says sales and marketing. What are we getting wrong in the industry today in marketing or in sales? Yeah, I think, you know, the, 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 one of the biggest area where we, we see um, the, the marketing and salespeople are, uh, yes, we all need to be metric driven, driven, but then we also need to be extremely empathetic about our customers, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I think we have assumptions on what our sales cycle should be, what our close ratio should be, uh, what all those things are. But oftentimes I think uh, we need to understand sometimes what happened in Q1 of 2020 may not be the exact Q, Q1 of 2021 
and we can't ex always expect you know 10% or 20% growth year over year every quarter and see that so being empathetic to our marketplace and what's actually being affected you know what what is affecting our customers that we're tar targeting and tracking uh, and then being able to say well we can't expect the same type of growth that we may have saw in tw from 2019 to early 2020 Right. So being empathetic about the market, empathetic about the customers that they're serving and then trying to adapt to that as opposed to being very, you know, holding to some hard, fast rules about, hey, we need to see, you know, Q1, we need to see, you know, 40 demos and closed, closed deals or whatever those things are, um, because I think that's that really not the, the right way to look at business uh, after post COVID. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Empathy goes so far. Um, yeah, there's a whole, we could do a whole episode on that, couldn't we? Um, mm -hmm. So this is great, Sam. I, I love the, the perspective you bring, the the energy you've brought. Um, how can the audience who's really being moved by this connect with you and with One IMS? Where do you send folks? Well, obviously, oneimas.com is our website. And if you if they want to learn more about the show, just go to oneimas.com slash show um, is where I, I, they can see some episodes of my show, Coffee with Closers. And if someone interested, they can also book an, uh, book an episode there. Nice. Uh, if they're interested in joining me for an episode. Excellent. All right. Okay. So here we go. Here's the, here's the big, the big moment. I love this question. Uh, maybe I challenge you, maybe I stump you. We'll see. So Sam, if, is there anything that you've learned over the years or advice you've heard that seemed really counterintuitive at first, but once you embrace it has a huge impact on your business and others? Yeah, I think this whole concept of specialization and uh, and focus is is a counterintuitive. When people say, "Hey, you know, narrow your focus, don't be everything to everyone, just really go deep in a, a in a specific services or a specific vertical," that seems like counterintuitive, but actually it helps you in so many ways from a business growth standpoint. It helps you from into you know, product products that you create, uh, how you sell to those customers that you have, and also on the fulfillment side. It makes it a lot easier when you have same type of problem you're solving for same type of customers over and over again. It gives you the ability to scale, uh, and it's oftentimes seems uh, like a, the the wrong thing to do when you're early days of trying to build a company and, and you have people standing in front of you saying, "I got some money, would you help me?" And you feel like you just want to take that money and help them, but then over time you just have to learn to say no because you're trying to make that twenty dollars actually is keeping you from getting a hundred dollars from somebody else. Gotcha. Very good advice. Yeah. Uh, find your specialty, serve those customers well, and build that that huge network from there. Awesome. Samuel Timothy with One IMS. Go to oneims.com and, and also uh, check out the Coffee with Closers. Great show. Have some coffee and listen to that uh, and watch that. So uh, Samuel, thank you so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.